Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to beescharitablepursuits.com. That's B-E-E-S charitablepursuits.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Pruitt. Good Fabulous Friday morning. It's another Fabulous Friday here at Charitable Georgia. And if this is your first time listening, this show is about positivity in your community, about all kinds of things happening in your community that's positive. I've got two fabulous guests this morning. Um, Robert Pleasure with Teach One, Lead One. That is correct. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Thanks for being here. And Jen Hanna, you're one of their mentors, so thank you yes, for being here morning. as well. Thank you. So, uh, first of all, also, happy spring to everybody. Now we really get to feel the full effect of pl- pollen, so that's great. <laughs> um, it's just another good Friday, though. The sun's out. It's nice weather, so it's great. So, Robert, so tell us a little bit about Teach One, Lead One. Uh, Teach One to Lead One, the mission is we're a community-based mentoring program. It teaches universal principles that lead students at risk into a life of purpose and potential. Uh, and and the the best point about that is understanding the where we're at as a society, the hopelessness that many of our kids express, and that we're giving them right a purpose uh, that leads to maximizing their potential in, in this uh, this world that's struggling. How long has it been around? Teach One to Lead One, 27-plus years, and we've had uh, over 53,000 kids graduate through the program. Wow. Can you give us a little background on how it started and who started it and that good stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. Dr. Lori Salerno Maldonado uh, is the founder and CEO. Uh, her husband, Jose Maldonado, is the uh, COO, and they started this right here in Georgia a little over 27 years ago with a uh, vision Dr. Lori received. Uh, she is a minister's wife, I mean a minister's daughter. And uh, she has been doing God's work her entire life. And uh, she was doing a speaking engagement, and I'll, I'll summarize this up, at a high school. Uh, and uh, it was put on her heart, the need in this nation. And that's been probably closer to 30 years ago. But uh, And uh, so she started this program. It was Celebrate Life International and has DBA uh, Teach One to Lead One. And uh, she's that uh, known as GSC, they're planning chapters across the nation. It started here in Georgia, and I'm the uh, Georgia area manager. Uh, but there's chapters in Louisiana, and there's chapters in Colorado and California and Washington State and Indiana. Uh, newest one coming up online is in Chicago. Uh, we're reaching thousands of kids every year. So as a, a Georgia manager, what is your purpose? What is your role? Uh, in, a, in a nutshell, uh Get to the kids, uh, raise funds that uh, will support the mission, and then work with individuals like Jen Hanna sitting beside me who actually go into the classroom and do the mentoring. That's where the magic happens is, is in that classroom. So give us a little uh, idea of a, of a typical day when you guys go in the classroom, what you guys do. So uh, it starts, we teach 10 universal principles, uh, and, and those universal principles are, are what we call a universal truth, and that's something we all live by. That's true for anyone, anywhere, and any time. Uh, respect and integrity, self-control, uh, compassion, excellence, courage, teamwork, humility, 
enthusiasm, honor, right down the, the line of of these universal principles. And the, the whole design of the classroom, it's roughly 90 minutes long. And we'll do some, we bring a, an adventure, a celebration when we bring these principles into the kids. There's going to be a team of four to five mentors that go into each classroom. We'll literally go into a, the public school system and we will uh, take over that classroom for, say, Monday first period for 14 weeks. And during that 14-week period, we're going to teach a session. Uh, each principal will teach uh, once a week those four to five mentors for a 90-minute session. Uh, it's going to include games. It's going to include large group discussions, uh, some practicing about what these principles look like, how to recommend them, I mean, how to, how to live them out in your life. And the, the real beauty of it is each mentor will meet with a small group at the end of each session. That, that's, that's really where the connection happens. And for many of these kids, that's going to be the first time they experience an, a, a positive adult role model in their life that's speaking truth, right? And during those small group discussions is where we help them to apply these principles, how to recognize them and live them out for the next week. Uh, and of course, we're going to bring in a little prizes and stuff when a kid comes back the next week and shares an experience with the class. So uh, how long have you been with them? Mm. So I joined Teach One to Lead One uh, in January 11th of 2022. You were sharing, you and I, I'll tell you the story how Robert and I met, because again, this is a, it's a cool story, but share your background and, and what drew you to Teach One to Lead One. As a background, I worked in the, in the corporate world. I ran an organization in Louisville, Kentucky, actually for 23 plus years. And then my all rights, I was successful at what I did. Um, and then I met my now wife, uh, who is a uh, native of New York, but lives in Georgia. And she was really good friends and currently is with Dr. Lori and Jose. That's how the introduction happened, right? Um, so we married. I moved to Georgia. And I was just going to do business consulting. That That's my gig. And uh, then the, caught the vision. Uh, caught the vision in the fire. I always really, I coached youth sports in many, many uh, arenas for a long time. And I understood before arriving that the kids in our nation were, I'd just say they're under attack. Okay, there's, there's, uh, there's forces out there that are not for the good. And uh, so I always wanted to do something in that arena. And then after meeting Lori and Jose, becoming friends, uh, and then moving here, uh, it just so happened that the manager spot for Teach One to Lead One in Georgia was open. And uh, Jose and I talked about it, and I, I decided to take the leap. So you do the – is it the whole state that you're in charge of? Now, I'm called the Atlanta uh, area manager, but in fact, yes, it would be all of Georgia. We we will go anywhere the kids are. The, the ultimate vision that Dr. Lori is – she put out there at the 25th uh, anniversary – was 56.4 million kids, wow. which will require 9 million mentors. Is this only high school? No, we, we do elementary, we do middle school, and we do high school. Awesome. So, Stone, I always talk about the power of networking, right? So this is – and I don't believe in any coincidences. If, if there's you're a believer, then then there is no coincidences. So I was at a networking lunch group at Elno Paul in Ackworth. He was sitting behind me in a booth and heard me talking, and then that's how we met. Wow. And then we had our, our little one to one and, and yep. just been talking since. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yep. Um, all right. So, uh, Jen, yes. I understand you've been with them for mentoring for about 14 years, 14 years. And you have an education background from what I saw on your, yes, I do. I, um, I taught middle school, high school, family consumer science. 
old school home ec. Um, loved teaching. That was my, I mean, that was my heart. Like I loved it. Stayed home with my girls because um, I taught New Orleans and unfortunately daycare was going to cost more than I made. And so I ended up staying home and then it continued until I decided to homeschool. And then I, I've always had it in my, I want homeschooling my kids is not the same as being in the classroom at all. Um, so I decided I want to be back in the classroom in some capacity. And so I had spoken to someone in my Sunday school class and said, I really want to get back. Maybe I'll just sub. And um, she's like, I just heard about this teach one to lead one. And she goes, I'll put the packet in your mailbox. So I got the packet, called them. I literally was trained and in the classroom the following week. Wow. Yeah, I was sold. So as a mentor, can you walk us through what, what you do? I am also the lead mentor of our group. So I've got three other mentors and we you know, we allocate the curriculum. It's a beautiful, well-planned curriculum. So we come in, we do a review. We have, and it's always a fun activity to do the review. We might have a video clip, um, and then we have a discussion. There's always a discussion following any of our activities. Um, but our activities really, you know, kids come in, they've got their hoodies on, they've got their earbuds in. They're just, they just look unhappy. It's the saddest thing. And so our activities, what I love and the other day, our teamwork, it was to see them laugh and smile is unbelievable. And it it just one of our first activities in respect is it's affirmations. And we put a little sticker on their back and they walk around the classroom and write positive affirmations. And for some of the kids to have something positive written about Mm -hmm. them or said about them, it's it's really, really powerful. Well, that's thing something they'll take them yes. remember the rest of their yes. life too. So yeah. kids can be cruel. I don't care what age, but they definitely can be cruel. So that's awesome that you guys do that. Um, I saw something on your uh, biography too that you did something with the Cherokee uh, Juvenile. Yes, we also um, – so when I started this, I would do two blocks at North Cobb High School, and then I would come home, have lunch or whatever, and then I would head to juvenile court in Cherokee County, and we did the same class – with kids that Judge Baker, Judge Sumner felt they had, it would be a great organ or um, program. Program, thank you, that word. <laughs> um, program for these kids, and so what was really great, and I would try to tell the parents when they would come in, they were tough nuts to crack. A lot of these kids, with very good reason, after you hear their stories and the trauma and things they'd been through, <clears throat> a lot of great kids loved them all. Um, but I told them, I said, you guys like won the lottery when Judge Baker, Judge Sumner put you in this program because our program is a certificate. It's a character and leadership class. So when kids leave our program, they get a certificate. They can put it on a resume. They can put it on a college application. They've been through a character and leadership class because our goal is for them to hopefully pass on these newfound truths to some kids, their newfound truths. Um to others. Do you guys, Robert, do you guys do this uh, at other uh, county courts? Do you have the program for that? We are in the process. They're opening back up for us. Uh Uh, Dr. Lori actually uh, was a uh, keynote speaker for the, it's a judge's retreat they do in the state of Georgia. It's like 153 of the judges show up at this place and they brought Dr. Lori in as a presenter. So our presence is everywhere and they're, they're just now getting opened back up. In fact, they're on my list to call in April to uh, get us back in there. And I do uh-huh. want to build on a couple of things that, that Jen, Jen said. 
about the Judge Sumner. He actually wrote a, a recommendation letter, uh, with regarding Teach One to Lead One's program. And, and in his letter, he says that he only puts the, the most troubled uh-huh. into our program. And recidivism rates are in the 70 percentile or so for juvenile offenders, right? Uh, the ones he put in our program, roughly nine out of 10, or he said 87% never returned after graduating teach one to lead one. Wow. And that's the, that's the worst. Okay. Those are the bad ones. So, you know, they're on the higher end. I also, um, and I work with, uh, lots of community business owners, right? That's, that's kind of our, our niche for investors is local, uh, small to medium sized businesses. And many of them will say if, if a, kid shows up and it puts that they're a graduate of te- graduate of teach one to lead one's program they'll go to the top of the list when it comes to hiring considerations that's awesome so when you talk about graduation you actually told me you actually have a, a, a program in itself for graduation right right yeah that the, the 14th week is when the uh, graduation mm-hmm. ceremony takes place and it takes place in the classroom and we encourage those kids to invite uh, family members uh, we'll have keynote speakers come in the kids do a service project uh Last year when I was mentoring, and this year I think it will be the same, uh-huh. they're doing uh, no-sew blankets for the battered women's shelter. And so – and the kids actually, they, they bring $6 each, and, and so they, they buy the material to do this, this service project. And uh, then a representative from the shelter will come in and, and you know, thank the kids and give a presentation, give us a speech on uh, why it's so important. We have a keynote speaker and certificates will be uh, handed out at that point. And then we have two special awards. Jen, what are they again? The Excellence and the Extra yeah. Mile. Correct. So the, the team of mentors will uh, will vote on a couple of special award winners and they're brought up and, and given those awards as well. It's powerful, man. When you see the, when these kids graduate, I mean, I my first my first time at mentoring, it was really so it was a, it was what I'd call a tough class, right? Uh, but at the end, those kids came up. Now we were we were just coming off of you know the the back of COVID. Really, we were just getting back into the classroom, right? And so there was still masks being worn, and you could tell there was some that were very reluctant. But at the end of this graduation ceremony, the mentors stand up there, the teacher hands the certificate out, and Every one of these kids, so we encourage them to turn around and, and, and speak to their, their, you know, peers and say, Hey, what I get from the program? And they do that and they all did it well, but they went down the line of mentors, literally hugging, uh-huh. hugging mentors. I, it was, it was something to see this. That's what I was going to, um, on juvenile court kids, they, um, that's one thing is so neat to see the night they come in. Parents are angry. The kids are angry. Parents have to get off work early to get them to the program. Um, you know, it's not in the school. So, you know, kids taken in school, there's no inconvenience for parents at all. But juvenile court kids, it's one more program, one more. So everyone's angry when they come in. No one's smiling. Everyone's mad. So it's so amazing to see. And one of our big things is just even if it's a pat on the shoulder when they come in the door, just a touch, just something at the, some of them are like, you know, they don't, don't touch me and they let us know. Um, and at the end, they're hugging us. What I think, it's I mean, the, the totally whole, different. The whole program was awesome, but I want to. What I liked what you shared about uh, being in the service project is uh-huh. not only are they getting this this education piece. That's you know, well, let's say what it is. It's it's a it's a it's a God thing. It's it really, is you know, hundred um, percent. Um, but they're actually feeling a part of the community yes. by doing those service projects. And I think if they feel like they're being part of something, it's even better. Yeah. Yes. Than just 
getting a piece of paper and saying, yeah, I went through this course, you know, as, as a lead mentor for a team, how, how big is a team? Um, four, there's usually four of us, sometimes five. Our teacher's really great that he lets us come in and he stands in as a mentor as well. Um, and takes over parts. A lot of teachers won't do that. Um, they want us in there, but they don't want to be part of the curriculum. But, um, Sam is such a believer in our program and he loves the curriculum so much. He wants to actually have an active role in it. Now is the teams, is it both men and women or is both it just men and women, okay. um, young, old, it does not matter. I mean, our goal is you've got a passion for young people and want to teach these truths and be present and be committed. Um, that's one thing we do ask as mentors is that you are committed, not, Oh, I can be here this week, but I can't be here three more weeks. It's a commitment. These kids need to see us present and showing up for them. And how long again is the is the program? 14. 14, 14 weeks. weeks. Consecutive, yeah. I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You guys usually start that at the beginning of the school year, or is it in the middle or both? So there's a spring and a fall semester. Yes. And okay. we line up with the schools. Okay. Yeah. And you yeah. know, so, so there'll be times when the schools close for whatever, you know. And so we won't that either sometimes we shorten it uh, for that particular um uh session. Preferably, we just skip that week and and do a uh, full session, right? There's there's something I do want to share, and I thought sure. I'd share it with you. Um, and it's at the very beginning, the uh, voice of truth. Oh, love it! So mm-hmm. this is you know this isn't uh, one of our universal principles, but we in the very opening we we talk about habits, right? And the importance of uh, replacing bad habits with good habits, and then we give them some tools on how to do that, right? But we do this exercise called the voice of truth. And I just love it, man, because it really opens it up. There's going to be posters on the wall in that classroom of each universal principle, right? We put those on the wall. So uh, we ask for a volunteer and a kid volunteers. And one of the mentors takes that that child out or that kid out in the hallway and they blindfold them. Now, I mean, these you can't see a thing, right? Then we ask for another volunteer and that volunteer will be known as the voice of truth. We're going to place them in the furthest corner of that classroom. And let's just say there's 25 students. So 23 other students are going to get up and they're going to rearrange the desk in like a maze type situation. So then we give them instructions. Okay. You 23 are going to give wrong instructions for this student coming in on how to get through the maze. You're going to give the wrong direction loudly. They can't (laughs) touch them. They got to keep a three feet space. They can't rearrange the, the desk once it's been set. But uh, the voice of truth is all the way on the other side of the room. And so we bring them in, put them in the corner, and it, it starts. They got five minutes to do this. It's a 10-minute exercise. At the five-minute mark, though, they're told, the 23 are told, okay, stop talking, right, and let's just let the voice of truth go. So uh, inevitably, the kid spends five minutes going in circles because they're bumping into things. They're, you know, they're just, they can, they tell quickly, look, it's not safe. So they don't really move very far. Right. Then when everybody goes silent, it's only the voice of truth. Well, within one to two minutes, the the, the, the kid will just navigate right through the maze, stands at the voice of voice of truth. So we asked to say, take your mask off. All right. Excellent. What was that like when everybody was talking to you? Oh, man, it was so confusing. I just, you know, I didn't know where to go. Literally, I just froze. Right. Okay, what was it like? When it was just a voice of truth, so easy. It was so simple. I just went right through the, followed and went right through the maze. All right. What do you think that has to do with what we're teaching here? And this is brand new, right? This is brand new. And, and, and we kind of point to those posters over there and they're like, uh, okay, so maybe those are the voice of truth. Exactly. Exactly. Then we get to tell them, look, you're, we're all going through life blind. You, you need to know what the voice of truth is. You need to be able to drown out the noise. 
and zero in on that voice of truth because that's how you're going to go through this life, right? You're going to go through it safely and in the right direction. You're not going to be paralyzed by fear. And so that's a very powerful lesson at the beginning. Those kids start to understand what we're teaching is truth. And these concepts seem so basic. Oh, yeah. But some of these kids have no idea what integrity is. Right. You know, our question is, is it right or is it wrong? And in their mind, is it, can I get away with it or not? That's how they think. But when you go from right and wrong to, can I get away with it or not? Totally different, but that's what they've been raised with and, or what they've seen. And so these concepts are so basic. And I always laugh that the schools are teaching it. Well, putting compassion up on a marquee, word of the week, compassion, right? That does not teach compassion. We have these kids live it out. Mm. And with juvenile court kids, we would take the kids, they'd make, they would have to bring, um, We'd make sack lunches to take down to Atlanta underneath the overpasses. Now, we go up underneath the overpasses at 10 o'clock at night and um, hand out and pray with the, um, you know, the drug addicts, the home. It's unbelievable. I met one guy. I was literally crawling up underneath there with another student, and he had just gotten out of prison the day before. And we're offering him, do you want to get off the streets right now? And he's like, uh, no. You know, so these kids are seeing that's how we do that with them. And when I say that's an eye opener mm. and the life transformation for so many of these kids to actually live and see what it is on the streets, um, that was pretty powerful. But these kids would, these, again, these are, you know, living out these truths. They um, have to bring in all the bologna because we make bologna sandwiches, hard piece candy, and like a pretzels or something. And um, we're like, you guys have to bring it. So they step up. They step up and bring everything. We've made up to 550 sack lunches in an hour and a half. Someone donates a bus. We get on the bus. They take us downtown. And Seven Bridges Ministry down there take us onto the streets because they're protected. They know the streets, and they protect us. Um, But it is one of the coolest things to see these kids live out compassion. That's awesome. I I like how you talk about the basics because – I mean, I just think about sports. What's the first thing the coach says when something's falling apart? We gotta go back to the basics. Yes. And it's all, it's all about basics. I mean, you live the life about it. So can you share, in your 14 years that you've done this, is there, I'm sure there's a lot of incredible stories, but do you have one in oh. particular you could share that's been kind of a, a, a life changer <laughs> for somebody? Oh, I can. Um, <clears throat> we had a student, um, that was 14, 15. He had a, he was double felon. Um, at a young age, stole a car. I can't remember what Casey's story was. Um, some, some guns involved. Yeah, something. Um, and went through the program. He really tough background, parents, drugs. Um, mm. And he, he, between teach one to lead one and some other people that poured into his life, um, he is, became a mentor Wow. And he's also um, – he was president of our Atlanta chapter. That's awesome. President. So, I mean, you know, we were a part of that path of redemption and very proud to be part of that right. part of redemption. Um, but a great story. Great story. And I've seen a lot. Do you have a story you can share? Well, I, I often share Casey's story. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm really good friends with – he is the president for my board of delegates. Mm-hmm. Um 
And so I, I use Casey's story all the time. And then Jen just scratched Stole the it. surface. No, that's yes. okay. But she really just scratched the surface. It's a yes. crazy powerful story yeah. of a young man, um, super bright, taught himself to forge that's prescription amazing. drugs, wow. became one of the most prolific prescription drug dealers in the, in Atlanta. Okay. At like 14 years old. Wow. Um, he helped dad. Yeah. Yeah. He helped dad and an adult in his life. And I'm, because I'm on the air, I'm not going to say anything about that, mm-hmm. but an adult decided to introduce him to heroin at a very young age, which has sent him down the, the wrong path, but really the right path. Because when he ended up in before the judge, judge, not only believed in second chances, he understood the transforming power of teach one to lead one. So he put Casey in the program. Casey being very bright, went through the program, made it. Uh, but unfortunately went back to his life of doing what he did. Then uh, you fast forward, I think it's um, six, seven years later, and Casey decides he's going to end it all. So, tempts to OD. His buddy finds him, wakes up in the hospital, comes out of a coma, and some of the first individuals, if not the first individuals uh-huh. that he sees when he wakes up were the mentors he'd met six or seven years ago. Through the grapevine, uh-huh. they found out he was in there. Impacted him so much, he gave his life to Christ. He became a mentor. Uh, he's now a, a very successful entrepreneur who lives in Jasper. A uh, young man is incredible, incredible, and he is the president for our board of delegates. Now, when he tells a story, that young man, he lives it. Now, and I love that story about Casey, but we, we have others. Right in a class, there was a young man. Uh, it was last year, and I won't give his name. But uh, I could tell right out of the shoot he was not a happy camper. He when he looked at us as mentors, literally he was looking either through us or like, man, I'd maybe like to stick you in the eye with a pen or something, right? I mean, it was just not happy. And then we got to the compassion uh, exercise we do, which I love. Okay, we we hand out cards and it says, "If you really knew me." Oh, this one. Oof, mm. man! If you really knew me, you would, you know. would know. And so the first thing we do is say, don't put any identifying marks on that. That's going to tell who it is because we're actually going to take those up and we're going to read them in the front of the class to everybody. But we don't want to know your color's blue. We don't want to know you like dogs. We want something that someone would really have to know. And these people write some, if you really knew me, you know my mom's dying of cancer. You really know, you really knew me. You know my dad was in jail for abusing her. I mean, really, just... You will literally see kids in that class start looking around. Some of them start crying because they never knew that their people were suffering like they are. Kids right there, right? And uh, this young man, after that exercise, he came up to the team of mentors on his own. And it was a particularly tough uh, read uh, about, you know, his, his living with his grandparents and Dad was a heroin addict, and Mom went in the picture, and his life, you know, blah, blah, blah. But after that, man, he opened up from every session forward and ended up winning, like, the most improved or the excellent award. It was great. I mean, this kid, right before our eyes, transformed, became one of the best participants. But that was, like, week five on. Sometimes it takes four or five weeks for it to kick in. But that exercise there, man. That exercise, it is one of the most powerful, and I love we do it. Kind of in the beginning, because these kids, they come in the class, they don't know each other. They don't even try to get to know each other, which is so interesting to me. I mean, I know it's shocking, but I talked a lot in class. But (laughs) So I knew everyone. I loved, you know, but these kids come in, they don't talk. Um, And after they hear all these stories about the traumas that they've gone through, 
they look around the room and that one person that they were probably intimidated by or they thought, oh, they've got it better than me or whatever it was, all that's kind of like blown up. They can't – it's almost they can't even think like that anymore. And I think they're kind of stru- – it's interesting and sad at the same time. They don't know what to do with all this information. And that's what's the saddest too. They um, – I don't know how these kids – I tell them all the time, you guys are so courageous. I don't know how you get up in the morning and get on a bus – or get dressed and come to school every day because it takes a lot. It takes a lot. And their stories, I bet 75% of our stories from that activity are pretty traumatic. Mm. Yes. Wow. You know, you hear all the time teachers also say, too, that kids teach them things. You guys have some kids that have taught you things going. That's why I do this. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the reasons I do it. I, I, I need it. Yeah. I mean, I think we need these constant reminders. You slip away from truths, and it's a slippery slope. But if you're constantly reminded of the truths, you know, whether you go to church and you get it from the Bible or you hear these things, um, it's a slippery slope, and we see it, what's happening in society. I mean, these kids, these basic concepts are so foreign to them because we have we are going down the wrong. Yeah. And this, to me, and I say it all the time and how I sell it, it's the antidote to what's happening 100%. in the schools and society. It is the absolute antidote. And, and to even build on that, going into the classroom is a difference maker in this sense. Man, these kids, they really are hungry for it. They really oh. are bright. They really are uh, engaged. Once they, they discover what these truths are telling them and they start living them out, it – I mean – it's refreshing for us because like that that exercise on the voice of truth, we're bombarded constantly with negativity. And we're even told this next generation is, you know, they're, they're not as good as the previous or anything. It's, it's nonsense. When you get in there and you get around these young people, you're like, man, they are literally, they're bright, they're energetic. And it, it so it does provide us mentors actually hope for the future, right? People, people don't know. I don't, I tell people all the time, look, we're, some people think it's a, a mentor. Yeah, we mentor. Oh, is that all you do is mentor? No, 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 no. We're changing the future of this world, okay? Our history is full of one individual that has impacted the entire world. One, okay, we're bringing this to thousands of kids a year, thousands, and changing hundreds if not thousands, changing their trajectory, their future which impacts us all. Okay, these are the these these are going to be our leaders. These are going to be the people working for you if you're a business owner. These are going to be the people you're working for or that are running our our state and, and federal bureaucracy, right? So the more they understand what truth is, how to live it out, the better off we all are. And it it what we do impacts the world. It's it's not just going in and, and mentoring kids, man. It's a it's a game changer for our our country and even the world. How do you guys deal with and teach the kids to? Uh, the mainstream media is so negative. That's mm-hmm. all they put out there, uh-huh. and then also with social media. So how do you guys combat that issue? We get opportunities to speak on it, right? And and the exercise that uh, at the very beginning, uh, the that uh, voice of truth. You say, look, once. Once they understand these these universal principles and they start applying them, that does the work. 
They start filtering out the nonsense on their own. They start understanding that, wow, that's not right. Or at least start questioning for the first time. And they may not even, I mean, we're planting seeds. We're planting seeds. We may not see that. I mean, years down the road, that kid's going to go, oh, but that seed's been planted. And that's all I care about, that these seeds are planted. And I just pray that someone else comes along and nurtures them. But, you know. it's So I got to say something on that. Because it was described to me, and I so understand it now by Jose. What we are doing for God's kingdom, uh-huh. okay, is we're creating fertile soil. We'll go to the to the parable of the sower, right? Falls on the rocks, falls among the thorns, falls on the paths, and it's eaten by the, the ravens or the crows. What we do, we create fertile ground. So they know truth. And when the seed falls, it will be falling on fertile ground. It'll take root. This whole thing is, is incredible. But what, one of the things I think that's really incredible is, is you talk about a lot of the, the nonprofits talk about stuff dealing with kids, but it's always an after-school program. Mm-hmm. And you guys talk about you're actually in the classroom mm-hmm. the first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Can you can you speak on how that actually came about and the, and the difference it is from doing that versus an after-school type thing? How it came about would be Dr. Lori, Jose, and that original team um, who put this entire program together, and uh, first and foremost, God. Okay, we're the only program that actually is in the classroom, and it it, it amazes me, right? And we go in to the classroom, and our participants in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't even know how how, how to say that. Uh, any other thing that I'd have to contribute that to, to being God's way of, of getting us in there. And the difference being, um, lack of a better term, it's really not voluntary, right? I mean, you're, you're in that class. That's just what it is. And we're part of that class. Now, if a kid wanted to opt out or something, certainly they, they, they're able to do that. Um, but you think about a before school program or you think about an after school program, as Jen uh, alluded to earlier about the juvenile court system, that's something they either have to get there early for or they have to stay late, right? They, they may not have the ability or even the motivation for those, but they're already in this class. And I can assure you, we're not there more than a couple of weeks before the kids are wanting to know, uh, is uh-huh. teach one to lead one Monday, yeah. right? Because we're not dummies. We bring snacks and, <laughs> and, and, and we're happy, right? Yeah. And we're encouraging and we're learning their names, right? We're loving on them. End of the day, I don't mind getting up there and saying, you know what? I'm here really because I care about you. Yep. I love you as an individual. We're pouring our heart and soul into you because we care and we believe. That's what we do. So it's not very long. They'd they come anyway. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, the attendance will increase. Uh, we, we, in fact, we guarantee, and we, and I got to share this. We don't grade our own homework in this sense. We have a, a third party administrator called Hello Hello Insight who does a pre and post assessment on every class and then gives us the results, tells us how we did, what kind of impact we've had that we can share with administrators or the juvenile court systems. So we don't grade our own homework either, right? We're checking that stuff. And it is, uh, it's very powerful, very powerful to, uh, to know that you get to see your results. So how is it determined which class I guess is that you're in? That that's 
You want to speak to that, Jen? Well, the, um, teachers volunteer their class, mm-hmm. and obviously, not all teachers want to volunteer their class. They can't take a give up a class, but um, we've had several teachers that will, you know, gladly. Sam, for instance, I think he's done it for twelve years. He's he believes in it so much and it's not like he gets a pass. Like he gets to go and leave the class and he's got a free period or whatever. He's one of the mentors. Like he's in there doing it because he believes in it. So teachers just have to volunteer to do it, to give up a class. Is it the whole day in the class or is it just part of a class? So it's, so we take, so we're doing three, three of Sam's classes today uh, right now, every Monday. So we're in the first period, we're in the third period and we're in the fourth period every Monday. And we, we take the first period is 820 to 957. So we, we do the entire class. Um, great. Yeah, we take that entire class. Once teachers uh, get this, they see the results because literally th- there's three A's that we guarantee we're going to improve in that class. And that's going to be attitude, academics, and, and attendance. They will see a minimum of a 25% increase across the board in those three measured areas from the students that participate. I mean, I brought some statistics that are um, that I could read, just giving the the overall national kind of uh, results we see from teach one to leave one. Can I share that? Sure, sure. Go ahead. Give me one second. So uh, these are just some statistics. I understand the following data was compiled from students across the U.S. who uh, who completed a teach one to leave one program. Program. Now this is twenty four percent. Twenty four percent who said it was okay to steal now say it's wrong. And they won't do it. So that's so you're taking kids who said, let's say, you know, whatever ten of them said it was okay to steal. Well, at least after our program, at least twenty four percent of them said no longer do they agree with that. Thirty seven percent who said it was okay to use tobacco now say it's wrong and they won't use it. Thirty five percent who said it was okay to smoke marijuana now say it's wrong and they won't use it. Thirty four percent who said uh, it was okay to drink while under the while underage. Now say it's wrong and they won't participate in that activity. Twenty one percent who said it was okay to drive while under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Now say they won't do it. Thirty seven percent who said it would uh, said they could not influence their relationships with other people. Now feel empowered to have that influence. Twenty three percent who said it was okay to use illegal drugs now say they wouldn't do it. Twenty one percent who said they had no choice regarding their attitude each day now realize they can choose what their attitude will be. Eighteen percent who said it was okay to have friends who engage in illegal activities now say it's wrong and they won't keep that kind of company. Eighteen percent who turned a blind eye to those who were being bullied now say that's wrong and they would help someone who's being bullied. Wow. So those are stati- that's a nationally okay. Those are thousands. Remember, fifty three plus thousand kids have come through this program, and those are just some basic numbers on on kids' attitudes that change in a fourteen week period. That doesn't measure the life changing effect that has on the people they're going to come into. We've been at North Cobb for twenty seven years. We look to build a culture within that school. We literally. One of the goals is to empower those kids because we're doing 91 right now at North Cobb. There's 2,700 kids. It's empowering them to go out and become leaders and and change agents too for their peers. One of my mentors um, that mentors with me, she had it in middle school and she had it in high school and she started mentoring at 19. And she's 30 now and she mentors with us. 
Wow. So, so, so I have to ask this. I mean, obviously it's been around 27 years and until you and I met, I had never heard mm-hmm. of teach one to learn one. Lead one. Uh, lead one. Sorry. I know, again, I know what I'm saying, but it comes out wrong. That's a live moment there, Stone. Um, but is there any reason that we can, that you can think of or uh, that more people don't know? Mm. I mean, or is it just something that maybe, I mean, have you ever heard of this, Stone? I have now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now they've been on Business Radio X, so, you know. Right, right. Well, that's, that was the point now. also to, to get some more exposure to this. But I'm just curious why there's not, because it's such great work, why there's not more talk about what you guys do. Hmm. Uh, here's my personal thought on it being relatively new myself, right, uh, a year into this, um, because I asked the same question. How in the heck does the entire world not want this in every uh-huh. single home and church and school and juvenile court, right? Uh, and the only the only real answer is there's not been a a, a real effort, but it's coming. Oh, it's coming to uh, publicize this or to advertise, like maybe many have done. It's kind of built itself on the word of mouth from teacher to teacher and principal to principal and judge to judge and you know, church to church. That's how it's been built. But since Dr. Lori's vision, which has been two years ago now, of reaching 56.4 million children, and everybody takes Dr. Lori's uh, vision very serious, we know that uh, it's important that we get the message out there now. Other than your Ackworth office, is there any other offices in the state? Not in this state. We do have a Habersham. Uh, uh, now they're, they're, They do the Teach One to teach one to lead one curriculum inside of a, a another uh, organization they have, but they they do a great job. Fantastic job in Habersham. So Laura, you've touched on it a little bit, but I want to ask this question. So why is it important to not only be a part of this program, but to be a part of the community in general? Why is it important to be part of the program? Why is it be part of the, the community? Oh, Oh, the community. I, it's going to only make our community better. I mean, we have, if we, we need to take these young people with the truths and we need to see the leadership. We need to see good leadership in the community. And I think that's what, I mean, that's what this whole program is all about is instilling the values, instilling the truths. And I mean, when we have better leaders, we have a better community. We have better, I mean, everything should go down. You have less crime. You've got better opportunities you have better employees i mean it's it's endless and and that's one thing we're trying to tell the kids you know you don't go on a you know cross-country trip without a map and you can do it it's gonna be really hard you're gonna stay lost you're gonna get really frustrated and you'll probably end up just quitting i said but what if we give you the roadmap is it going to be hard yes are you going to have ups and downs? Absolutely. But we're giving you the tools to get over the hump, almost like guardrails. They don't prevent the accidents. They just help prevent really bad things from happening. And our values are really, and our truths are really like guardrails on the road. You know, you may hit it, you know, but it's going to protect you from really going over the edge. Um, and so just not having those expectations of a perfect life, but having something that's going to guide us and protect us and help us with our goals. Um, I, how can 
It only make the community better. It's going to make, and these kids don't understand. Their parents need this. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. I say it all the time. I wish we could have a spinoff, even just like a little synopsis with the parents, so that the kids can talk to the parents. Um, and I know I wish I would have had this in high school. I wish I would have had it in college. I wish I would have had it. That's why I do it now. I mean, because one of our things is self control and. I need a little help with that. I react sometimes more than I respond. And let me tell you, my kids remind me all the time when they were, it, it's a constant, it's not easy, you know? And so I think, well, I think it's very important for society. Like you said, especially today, my, my oh. wife works for kindergartners and the story she comes home with on um, what these oh. kindergartners are doing. Oh, it's a, it's a reflection on the parents, parents. Mm-hmm. and the teach one to lead one program. Yes. There should be something for parents. You know, because I mean, let's face it, they are the leaders of their kids. And, right. And, you know, they're, they're seeing what they're doing. And well, if mommy and daddy's doing that, it's okay. Right. You know, I'm going to ask you the same question. Why is it important for you to be not only this program, but the community? Yeah. That's, that's a great question because mainly is the fundraiser, right? I mean, that's my job. Um, and I'll just say it plainly no money, no, no, no mission. No mission. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. Um, and I, so I talk to people who have, they really uh, have lots of charities out there that are worthy, right? They're worthwhile. I don't, you name it, doesn't matter. Homeless shelter, it doesn't matter. Battered women, it's all worthy. And I tell them this, and I go, that's a great cause, but let's be proactive mm-hmm. because teach one to lead one will have a positive impact on everything you care about. It will decrease homelessness, battered women, <laughs> uh, veterans, uh, dogs, whatever your passion is. I promise you, you can be proactive in supporting this, and I'll just call it a ministry, supporting this project, right, this mission, and it will have a positive impact on your mission, no matter what you care about. So that's that's a good way to ask this. So if somebody is listening and they do want to be a part of this in any way, whether it's uh, becoming a mentor, uh, helping in, in financial or anything like that, talk them through that. How can they do that? Yep. So it's, it's, and I'll, I'll do this a couple of times, but it's Atlanta GA. It's all one word. Atlanta GA dot T one L one dot org. So it's A N or A T L A N T A G A, right? Dot T one L one dot org. And go on there and you can get in, involved with a mentor, meaning you can sign up to be a mentor and that's an easy process. Or you can hit the donate button, which will be right there. And you can be a monthly donor or a one time donor. Mm-hmm. Um, I encourage you. And, um, you know, my cell phone number, I'll be more than happy to give that. It's 502. I'm a Kentucky boy from well, 32 <laughs> years. 502-639-1069. Uh, call me and I'll walk anybody through it. But again, Atlanta GA. T1L1.org. If, if somebody's listening and they have the 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 desire now to be a mentor, you being been oh. for 14 years, explain. I mean, you've talked all about what the the how good it is for you, but just give them a little more what what to look for and how can they get be involved. What I think, you know, people go, oh, I'll go into the classroom. I can't go in the classroom. I can't teach high school. I can't. It's all given to us. It Our curriculum is so great. It says what the mentor should say. If you need that kind of thing, there's people like us. We don't need the little blurb what the mentor needs to say. Right. But for those that need that in that direction, it's all spelled out for you. Um, 
it's you've got a team of people supporting you. You go through training. There's support. It's it's really just um, if you have an hour and a half of time mm. that you can give to kids, you can't give financially, but you can give your time. It is worth every bit of it. Um, if you're not one to do activities, we've got simple roles. Describe yep. the video and play the video, and you can just do that. Yep. So there, it it's great for anyone, believe it or not, that has an a heart for our youth yep. um, and their future. I mean, it is an hour and a half, like I said. It is, and it's all done for you. There's, you don't have to create anything. You don't have to come up with anything. The curriculum is already. Yeah, every 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 mentor receives a binder, mm-hmm. um, and it is such a. I'm reluctant to say simple, but it is a simple uh, but very powerful curriculum and process in place. And uh, the lead mentors are going to guide, you know, the team through that. And everybody has that part. And I've seen people who come in and, and look, they have a heart for the mission. I mean, they do, but they're so nervous. They mm-hmm. don't want to speak. Like, I can't get I'm getting in front of 30 kids. I got to talk to them. But the mentor there there'll be a little mentor to mentor coaching going on and then they get to see it in the lead mentor like jen's gonna if she has someone's nervous she's gonna assign them a smaller part and mm-hmm. as that mentor grows and the mentors will grow themselves yes right they'll get larger and larger parts do they do you guys um as a mentor so do they work with a specific number of kids is it all the kids or it's all the kids all until the kids? we get into small group because mm-hmm. a lot of kids we find don't like to speak in front of the big group, but they'll be more personal in small groups. So at the end of our class, we always go back and it's kind of like a recap of the day. Mm-hmm. And we might have six, seven kids in a small group. So then we get to break off and have – and those kids will share in the smaller environment. Is there a minimum age that you have to be for a mentor? 18, I believe it is. I mean, right. yeah, you're gonna, you need to be 18. Yes. Um and in that small group, I think for me, that's where kind of the the rubber meets the road because you right. get to build that relationship with with you're you're with that same small group for fourteen weeks. See, you don't switch groups. You're with the same group of kids for fourteen weeks, and you get time to to build some rapport and relationship, get to know the kids, and uh, start to really speak into their lives. By the time you've you know been there fourteen weeks, can I tell uh, a story? Yeah, my absolutely. small group. I've got a bunch of quiet boys. And which is shocking, but they're all pretty quiet. And one of them, I said, is there anyone that has a fear? We were doing courage and overcoming a fear. And he said, I'm scared to apply for college. I'm like, you haven't applied for college? He's a senior. And he's like, no. And I'm like, all right, you guys, you heard this. I said, we need, I go, I want you to go home. I want you to apply for one school this week, you know, and so all the kids, so cute the other day, they were like, you did apply, you applied. How many did you apply to? And he said he applied to two. And I said, let me tell you what's worse than fear, regret. I said, you are going to regret not doing this. And so our little group, you know, they were all going, you can do it. Come on, you know. And so he came back and he said he applied for two schools. And I said, you've got to follow up. Let us know if you have any questions. You know, we want to support you. So it's almost like a little support system, too. For each other, so that's awesome. Yeah, you guys have anything coming up that you want to share? Any kind of uh, event or anything that's coming up that you want to to share? So we we have an annual event called the Move It Challenge, uh, and that will be this. It's generally the first two weeks, and this is nationwide. 
that the chapters kind of compete against each other for a, a fundraising kick, right? And it's, it's known as the Move It Challenge. And we'll put it out on social media. It'll be on Facebook. It'll be on uh, Instagram. And uh, it's just as it sounds like. We'll put together teams for Georgia. And this year we're going to do uh, the last week of May and the first week of June is, is where, where it'll start. Hannah's, I mean, uh, Jen, Jen, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> Another live moment. Yeah, Jen's always uh, – <laughs> She's a participant in that she plays tennis and play tennis, so, so Jen uh, raises a lot of money. My wife last year, Heidi, yes, uh, she did push-ups. Yes. Okay, so my wife was knocking out forty I bounced tennis balls. She yeah. did push-ups. She knocked out forty, not girl push-ups. Okay, <laughs> straight up forty push-ups a day. But I'm like, wow, girl. And everybody said, what are you doing, Robert? I'm like, well, I'm the film crew. And, the, and I was counting. <laughs> I'm counter. <laughs> <laughs> so the Move It Challenge. Uh, go to Facebook. You know, uh, you can go to Facebook for Atlanta, Teach One to Lead One, or Instagram. Look at look over it. We're, we're always, again, it's a fundraising event, right? We get a, a big push uh, for for funds at that point to go into our, our fall semesters, right? I mean, w- Sometimes schools can fund these programs. Sometimes they can only fund a portion of the program. Right. That's and, our- uh, you know, church partners come in, business, small business, small, medium businesses and stuff. Those, that's how we get this stuff done. And, and the more partners we have, there's not a lack of kids. There's not a lack of kids. Right. And in this community, we do great, uh, with mentors. I mean, we have some really good people in this community that want to get involved and want to make a difference. Um, and in fact, you know the the Atlanta chapter itself. Um, since it's kind of the founding uh, chapter, and Dr. Lori and them were here, you know they kind of oversaw it, but then they they decided to make it its own chapter. So it's in the process of growing. And and last year we we really finished up uh-huh. really good, relatively speaking. Right now we have some chapters out there, and you go out to Washington State. Wow, it's a huge. In fact, they got two chapters in that one one location, and they really rock it. We strive to be like them. Uh-huh. But I have found this community really does get behind these programs. They care. A lot of people care. The word doesn't get out there like that, but they community is great. And I'd like to think of it like um, if people are interested in donating, like sponsoring a child. I mean, you sponsor mm-hmm. a child to do things. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of parents can't afford to do this um, if, if – to put a kid through a program, but for how much is it? Uh, it it's about one hundred twenty five dollars per student per to student. get them through the fourteen, for 14 week, weeks. Fourteen week program. So, if someone's interested in sponsoring a few kids, I mean, that's a great opportunity. Um, if they can't be in the classroom, they don't have time, but they have the money to sponsor. That's amazing. We we also and I, I got to make sure that we get this out there because we have COVID. Remember, we're an in person mentoring program Mm -hmm. so imagine what covid did for us right it really should have just shut us down but we we do have an incredible group of leaders in this organization and they had the whiteboard moment they went in there they erased it and started over from scratch and and out of that was birthed uh, what's now known as the mobile mentor and the way we're going to be able to get to these 56.4 million kids is we literally now have a mobile app that is teach one to lead one these mentoring sessions will happen in per it's in person but it's uh via like like zoom or something like that right but it's gamified so the kids can kind of play against each other to win points as they go through the the program but there will there's still a live mentoring component to it 
And we're, that's how we're going to be able to take this to areas we don't have chapters in yet. And so mobile mentor is, is going to be huge or for, for, you know, maybe it could be a, a kid who's, who knows, I mean, he got in a lot of trouble. He's on house arrest or something, you know, you never know. Mobile mentor can be that he can, he still has access to live mentors, still gets to go through the curriculum. And if he wants to, he can compete with his buddies and stuff for points on this uh, platform. So that's a, uh, that's something that's going to help take teach one to lead one to the next level. That's cool. So real quick, you touched about the the different thing, but can you explain, I know you said you could do a one time a month uh-huh. or, or just a one time donation, yep. but can, are there different levels of sponsorships? So not necessarily different levels uh, in terms of, I mean, you, you know, individuals kind of are going to have to pray about it and, and, and if their heart leads them to, um, you know, monthly donations for me as a chapter manager, right. And, and just to give a little insight into the, the nonprofit world, there's fixed costs, like in every business, there's, there's fixed costs associated with this stuff. And, uh, my ultimate goal is to get the fixed costs covered, uh, through monthly donations, right. And then those one-time gifts or sponsorships. If, if someone wants to just sponsor a class, it's, I, I tell people it's roughly 25 kids. We'll just say average 25, it's $3,000, right? If you have a school that, uh, you, you have access to your, your child goes there and you want to sponsor that class, you reach out to me. I gave you my number, 502-639-1069. Get an introduction. I'll go in and speak with the, the administration and, uh, most likely, if they're a school here, they know something about Teach One to Lead One. And uh, we'll get the program set up so you can sponsor a class. You can sponsor a kid. You can uh, help with the the IT stuff with Mobile Mentor. There's many ways you, you can uh, get involved financially, but it's just basically all going to do the donation button. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Well, I always like to wrap up the show this way. I always like to get people to share uh, either a quote, a word, or just a nugget to live Today and beyond, 2023 and beyond with. So, uh, Jen, I'll let you start with what you got. One of my favorite ones is um, uh, the quality of the questions you ask yourself is the quality of life you'll live. And, you know, what questions are you asking yourself? Can I get away with it? Is it right or is it wrong? Robert? So, uh, being a John Maxwell guy, I'm going to quote him. Everything rises and falls on leadership. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, again, I appreciate you being here and uh, sharing your story and your organization and love what you guys do. Everybody out there listening, let's remember, let's be positive. Let's be charitable.